Hey, what's up, football fans? This is Matt Miller, the lead NFL draft analyst for Bleacher Report. And I'm actually at Bleacher Report today with my co-host, Connor Rogers. Connor, say what's up. We got Matt here for episode 23. And Matt, it's been a while since we did a show side by side. I don't know if people know that, but we record many miles apart. Yeah, we do. But Matt's going to be here a lot with us for the football season in Bleacher Report at New York City at our new studio. So this is going to be great. We're going to be doing a lot of this. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show today. We're going to have Jeff Schwartz on uh, talking about he he recently got blocked on Twitter and he wants to talk about this. We got a little media cat fight that we're going to talk about on the podcast today. It's going to be fun. Uh, also, we want to talk about we do this every week, a college player that you guys need to know. Uh, and we have some big names this week. I saw yours on the rundown. And I really like that guy. Kennedy's going to join us at the end of the show to do some draft on draft. But one thing that you should probably get used to, guys, is at the beginning of the show, we just want to talk about what we saw the past weekend. You know, this show comes out midweek. We can kind of look back on college football, look back on NFL, and how both of those things kind of affect the NFL draft. And I, I think there, we have to start with, we've built it as the yearly quarterback we're not the only ones. You know, our, we have friends at NFL Network. They're like, this is the year of the quarterback. No you're doubt. the quarterback. So we're all doing it. And we need to talk about those quarterbacks. Your QB1, Josh Rosen, is on fire. He is. Nine touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not the greatest test for him this weekend against Hawaii. But at the end of the day, you go back and look at how he looks, and everything's great. Mechanically, accuracy, That's touch. the thing. Yeah. And this was a great weekend for the quarterbacks, though, after a lot of them were written off after one weekend of football. Lamar Jackson, week one, lit up Purdue. You know, Rosen had that great comeback and a great second half against AM. But other than that, it wasn't really a lot of good football. Week number two, huge bounce back, and you, you saw everybody kind of flourish here. Yeah, we really did. You know, we saw Sam Darnold had a much better game against Stanford. He still threw two picks. He's up to four this year. So you're starting yep. to get into, is this going to be Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson territory, where it's like this guy's really good, but the turnovers are an issue. And I, I think one thing that I've noticed, and I haven't broke down the coach's film yet with Darnold, but he made a lot of these same passes and decisions last year and kind of got lucky a little bit. Yes. Guys like Juju Smith-Schuster bailed him out. This year, you know, when you're rolling right and you underthrow a comeback route, it's going to get picked. Yep. And that's where he's at. So I, I know a lot of people look at Darnold and they're going to trash his mechanics and that kind of looping release. I don't think it's the release. I think it's more footwork and that he just doesn't have a strong arm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think he thinks his arm is stronger than it actually is sometimes when you see him try to make these yeah. off-balance throws on the move. And one of those was picked off. I right. believe it was the one-handed interception on Saturday night. But going back to the things he can do and why I would consider him the favorite to go number one overall. Right I think now. so, too, yeah. right now. I mean, when you look at number one, he, I think has the best miss rate, I would say. I think you're not really going to miss with Darnold, whereas the ceiling is going to be higher on Rosen, Jackson, and even Allen, but the miss rate's higher too. And I So think in that it, way, yeah. Darnold's kind of like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's starting to feel that way. And one thing I told you this morning before we started recording the show, I had a take that I wanted to surprise you with. I would bet on Darnold ending up being your QB1 because I see his evaluation process going a little similar to how Teddy's did. Now, Teddy okay. was a little safer with the ball than we've seen yeah. Darnold, but they're both really accurate throwers. I would say the arms are, and they're young, so this could always they could always get stronger, but mediocre arm talent, but just great leaders, gr- smart, accurate tough. passers, very smart, great yeah. off the charts with character, and just safe players. And when you're picking number one overall and you need somebody to save your franchise at quarterback— I think you're going to go the safe route, and that's understandable. It is, yeah. And you were talking about miss rate. It's weird because when I was watching that USC-Stanford game, 
I kept getting a Derek Carr feel from Sam Darnold. It, Carr has a stronger arm, obviously, but yep. I know you say it all the time. That's one thing you can actually bet on getting better is arm strength because the guy's going to get stronger. His mechanics are going to get cleaned up a little bit. And you're not going to change Sam Darnold's release. You can't do it at no. this point. But do you think, is it bad or does it look weird? I think it looks weird. I, I think don't think so it's too. bad. I, don't think it, I would like to know the difference if you did a, like, a, like a sports science timing. I don't see. It. I don't think it's that slow. Neither do I. I think it's just a little long. It looks funky. Sense. Yeah, and I'm it's, sitting here demonstrating it, like yeah, people yeah. can see me doing it. But yeah. it's it's not the Paxton Lynch wind up where he's no. dictating for so long where the ball is going, and it's leading to turnovers. Or Blake Bortles. Donald's yeah, exactly. Donald's turnovers aren't like that. Donald's turnovers are like him taking a shot down the field that guess what you probably didn't have, and yeah. I would bet on that improving over time. Yeah, I'm with you, and this is gonna be interesting. We should we're have to bet some beers or something on who, no doubt, who my honest, and I'll forget by then because I have so much shit going on. Yes. So our stickies will have to remind and us. Allen is still number one for you, right? He, he is. I mean, yeah. Listen, and I haven't retooled my rankings. Of course, um, you know I've been up here. I've been on the road a lot. Uh, Allen had a bounce back game, but he played Gardner Webb. Yep. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him a couple days ago, and he said, you know, hey, we, you know, it it, it was Gardner Webb. We could kind of move the ball. At ease, um, but but I actually he sent me some cutups and he did he looked better he looked decisive and that was yes. one of the things against Iowa he just seemed rattled and a little confused and it led to two really bad interceptions and, yeah and this is a good tune up game before he plays Oregon this Oregon's going to be an interesting game yeah. I'm I'm going to Louisville Clemson and I'm very happy I'm very excited about that game but being able to watch that Oregon Wyoming game live would be great just to see the speed of that secondary because. They are very, very young, Oregon is, but, man, they fly around. Yep. And that's going to be a good test for him. And, you know, one thing that you and I, I think, talked about off air, I think it was you. I've had a lot of conversations since I've been here since Thursday. But when you look at, at Josh Allen, there's so little around him. Yes. Oh and it's God. it's really hard. I'll just be honest with you guys. It's really hard to correctly adjust for that. Yep. Because, you, like, Dak Prescott, I was telling Lefko this, actually, Adam Lefko, that – with Dak Prescott, a lot of people missed on him because they assumed the town around him was good and he was just a game manager. The town around him actually sucked. He's just really good. He got crushed his and, final year. Right. And crushed. so it's hard to adjust for that, and that's something that you have to take into account, but you don't want to overcredit for. So you don't want to just look at Wyoming and say, ah, they're a bunch of scrubs and Josh Allen. Yep. And maybe overlook that he does. I mean, he has some flaws that Oregon's going to be a great test. I want to see the development from Iowa to Oregon and see – what he's learned, and just he can't turn the ball over. That's yeah. the biggest thing. So, but with Allen, it does feel like he tries to do too much at times because he knows he has to. I agree with that to completely. win the games, and I yeah. respect that more than just pulling the old. You know, I mean, essentially what we kind of saw from Eli Manning last night is just dumping it off and not taking any chances, right. and that's how you will always lose. So. Allen reminds me so much of Jameis that second year. You know, yeah, they had yeah. lost a lot. His offensive line wasn't any good. Yep. And he threw more picks that year, but he was just basically running around for his life trying to, trying make, to make something happen. Yeah. So, and I just thought of that. So, that's not like an official comparison. No, I still no see a lot of Roethlisberger with Josh Allen, young Roethlisberger, but there are examples of guys who have tried to do way too much in college. Matt Ryan at Boston College was a good example, and they're nothing alike. But you, you've seen that where guys do try to make too many things happen. Now, you were here this weekend, so you were obviously very busy doing a lot of different things. But have you caught up on Lamar Jackson's game yet against UNC? I've been trying to. Yeah. And my God, my Twitter mentions. Here's my Twitter rant of the week because I need to go on one every week. A lot of people are coming at me because I haven't ranked. I haven't moved Lamar Jackson up or down yeah. since the season well, started. We're only two games through, so moving anybody right. is so, so stupid. Yes. And, but they want a round grade. 
I have him in the second round. That's yeah, where he is. I think it's very fair. But the the problem is a lot of people are saying, why haven't you watched him? Why well, don't have film yet? And everyone comes at me, we'll just record the game. Go on YouTube. I saw that one. Someone sent me a YouTube link. Yeah. That's not film. No. I'm going there next week to watch him against the best defensive line in the country. Clemson just had 11 sacks last week. I mean, we got to talk about They played that, Auburn. So. They played a pretty good team yeah. and had 11 sacks. So I wanted to see him in person before I... Like, there's no substitute for that. And I was actually talking to a, an NFL exec a couple days ago about, you know, my travel schedule and then I'm going to more games this year. And he said, you know, I feel like a lot of misses happen when guys don't see people in person at on their side of things. You know, for, yep. for me and other guys, it's a little harder because you can only go to one game. But so I want to see Lamar Jackson live and, and let that be like my first impression of him this year. So I haven't completely caught up. I've seen the numbers. Obviously, I've seen the highlights. I know who he is. He, he does look bigger and stronger this year. He's playing more from the pocket. But I want to see... I want to see him in person. I want to see how the ball comes out. I want to see how fast he actually is. Against NFL I want to see talent. how big he is. Yeah. Because, listen, I'm excited after the Purdue and UNC performances, but, like, let's call a spade a spade here. Right? Those aren't... Yeah. Those te- Neither of those teams were expected to be any good this year. Not at all. And no. he's doing the right things. I mean, the one play where he eluded the pass rush, then reset his feet, then threw a deep pass down the field with touch, timing, and placement was like... Okay. That's what you want. We yeah. didn't see that all the time last year. If this is the Lamar Jackson of this year, who's, what, 20 years old? Yeah. I mean, that's a, something to be excited about. Yeah, I put out an article this morning, and I've, I kind of forgot about it because I wrote it on I, and I wrote it on Saturday mostly. But when I was writing about Lamar Jackson, I said, you know, one thing that we have to think about with him is he lives, he, he likes to live out of the pocket. Even though he's playing more in the pocket this year, he likes to move to yeah. set up passing windows. He's still about 200 pounds. And that was a concern with Teddy. It was a concern with RG3. Mariota, but Mariota. he gained the weight. Like, I mean, they all did. Yeah, like these guys that are so, so skinny, you do worry about them just breaking a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you. I know you had kind of just started when Teddy came out, but it was yep. the, the talk, oh, he's skinny knees. The knees, I remember that. You know, he's yeah. just going to get destroyed. And I, it's not just because they're both at Louisville. I, when I look at Lamar Jackson, I'm like, damn, his kid's pretty skinny. Like, he does need to bulk up a little. Just the pounding that you take in the NFL yep. and – you know, there are guys who are small, but they're thick. Russell Wilson's short. He's not little. Johnny yeah. Manziel even was pretty thick. Yeah. I mean, Russ is Baker like, Mayfield's thick. Yeah, those are guys that can live playing 220 pounds, and they're 5'11". That's a, that's a tank. That's running yeah. back, bigger running back yeah, size. Yeah, it really is. So, getting off the quarterbacks, and speaking of the Clemson defense, I mean, we talked about over summer that you're looking at Christian Wilkins and Clellan Farrell, potential first-rounders this year. Yeah. Obviously, Dexter Lawrence, not eligible, but another guy that's going to be right in the first round for 2019. Austin Bryant, though. That's the one I was going to say. Comes back healthy. Four sacks. Now, let me give the credit to this. Clemson's coverage was excellent during this game. But the pass rush got there against a mobile quarterback in Stidham. Yeah, and Stidham's a good quarterback. And Braden Smith uh, plays guard for Auburn, is one of the better guards in the country. And they, I think what's, I'm so excited to see Clemson live. What they're able to do, and this is, you know, if, this isn't a coaching podcast, but when you have four people like that on your defensive line, there's a mismatch somewhere, every play, because you have to double yes. someone because they're too good. So if you double Demarcus Lawrence, Austin Bryant's probably coming free. If you double Christian Wilkins, Clellan Farrell's probably coming. Like, there, something is going to happen where there should be an opportunity. And we saw it. Austin Bryant was the guy who got left on an island the most. He's a very good athlete. And we had talked over the summer, uh, Clemson has three first-rounders on the D-line. They probably have four. Yeah. 
Because if he's healthy with just how quick and athletic he is, he's unstoppable. He People would have known more about him if he was healthy last year. Because going from summer, going into the season, there was big expectations. Yeah, more than for Clellan Farrell, who exactly. kind of came on late. Exactly. He almost had like a Kevin Dodd type year. Farrell did. That's a very fair. Where it was like the last three or four games, you're like, holy shit, Compiling 99 is numbers. Just killing people. Yeah, and I think this this game was so interesting for me because, and I might just be late to the party, but I didn't realize how special Christian Wilkins' motor is. Dude, I've been trying to tell people. It's like, it, like <laughs> I'm getting like Leonard Williams vibes as a motor where you're like, the people, people that missed on Leonard Williams thought he was just dominating college competition but wasn't a special kind of no. athlete or yeah. you can't underestimate a guy with that build and motor because they're just so relentless and not everyone, a lot of people just aren't physically made up that way. Wilkins is. Yeah. And I've said, uh, I see Gerald McCoy when I watch Christian Wilkins because his motor is hot. He's a good athlete. He's agile. He's fast. I I had people over the summer tell me, oh, no, no, no. He's average. He's like, he's a five tech. He's average. I don't think so. I think he's a pass rushing three tech ideal for a four, three scheme where he can, Get that push and penetration. And, you know, it's not time yet to talk about Demarcus Lawrence. We will, but it's going to be fun when we do. Like him and Ed Oliver and Rashawn Gary. Oh, my God. Like, it's, un- it's ridiculous. The 2019 draft class could be the year of the defensive tackle. Yes. Because, Jesus, those guys are, are all three very special from what I've seen. I mean, you know, I haven't, I haven't jumped in real deep on them, but they're impossible to miss. When you're watching those teams play. So I'm, I, I know, you know, we plug the hell out of it when I go to games because it's a big deal. But seeing that defensive line and that secondary against Lamar Jackson, I don't think you can compare, like, that's going to be the best atmosphere ever. But then on the other side, Jerry Alexander against Deion Kane is going to be fun because be that great. Louisville corner, some people are talking about him about the best corner in the country, Deion Kane, arguably the top receiver in the country. Yeah, He's Mr. up there. Play. The receiver class is getting interesting. This is a perfect segue for something that we really want to discuss because Simi Cobbs is another good game, and you're looking at this receiver class, and you're kind of waiting for someone to break free, but they're just all lumped together. Cortland Sutton is out there catching four touchdowns against teams that don't matter. Right. And I I love Cortland Sutton. That's no knock against him. Right, but he's playing like but directional like, Texas. I get the, the Josh Allen thing where I'm like, I love both of them. As athletes, their physicality, what they I wish we do. could put them on the same team. Right? Oh, my God. Forget it. But And I'm not going to bet against Cortland Sutton being the first wide receiver taken. But when you look at Kane against... The, he's Mr. Big Play against top competition. Right. And he the thing with Kane is you can see what he's doing against NFL corners. That's exactly right. And we might see, like you just said, the best wide receiver going against the best corner this weekend. That's... And again, those are the matchups I live for as an evaluator because yep. you really do get to see big on big. And that's the game. I know people are asking, how many times are you going to watch Ohio State-Oklahoma this year? Well, it's like 15, you know, by the time you actually watch everyone. It's that way for Clemson-Louisville because there's so many big matchups. Uh, you know, thankfully, our sometimes co-host, Mello, is going to go with me to the game because you can't, one person can't watch that game. No. There's too many players out there. Um, it, you can't focus on the D-line and the secondary and the receivers and everything. So it, it is going to be a lot of fun. But you, you mentioned Cortland Sutton. He did go off, man. Eight catches, four touchdowns, but it was... I think they took him out really early, too. It was against North Texas. Yeah. So With Cortland Sutton, it might just be one of those things where we're just going to sit here and wait till the combine. It really might be. because I think he's going to jump through the roof. I don't think he's going to run well. No, he's he's not Mike Evans in terms of athleticism. He's not Julio Jones. But, I mean, if you want that... I think you've made this comparison, too, that Alshon Jeffrey red zone presence. Yeah. 
he's he's it. Yeah, he he's, is. I mean, you throw the fate to him, he's gonna win more than fifty percent of the time. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's six four two twenty probably, yep. and uh, you know, we've both talked to scouts who've gone through there over the past two years and said, you know, there was a scout last year who told me, I don't know if Sutton's going to come out, but if he does, he needs to be your number one receiver. And I didn't I didn't agree with that take, but it just goes to show you how much respect he has. Yeah, that's uh, among scouts. Ones. Yeah. To be able to they say that well this known. kid's a number one. Uh, yeah, Simi Cobbs did have another good game. He's he's trending upward. I, I think it's just a matter of time before their quarterback situation is so bad that it begins to hurt him, though. Yeah. Because, I, you know, at Ohio State game, looked great. Last week, very shaky in terms of oh, quarterback play for them. last year was not good. No, when so... He, when were, he didn't have Cobbs, but... It's starting to limit his route tree, isn't it? Like, yes. We, Matt did a video, and if you missed it, it, uh, it you know, we, it was on Bleach Report. Basically, rounding out Cobb's skill set, he's fearless over the middle, but when you can't hit those throws with timing and the right velocity, you just don't send him over the middle that often. So they just keep having him... Yeah, comeback Comeback route. It's just routes, comeback. comeback. And it's just, he doesn't even have to beat the corner. He, he just wins the ball. But like you said, you start putting a safety over the top. It just becomes very obvious... At some point, it's going to limit his production. But you got to see him against Ohio State already, so that was a really nice test. Yeah, and that's and really good film. It is. It is really good film. And talking about Ohio State, we're just segue after segue after segue, man. Those DBs disappointing. got a lot of hype. And just to give you guys a peek behind the curtain of how my process works, over the summer, I talk to college teams and basically say, who do you have that I need to watch? And they'll say, okay, you know, this kid, this kid, this kid. Ohio State... You know, they really thought that these DBs were going to be maybe the best trio in the country. I think the problem is they watched them play against their own receivers who are not any good, and it made them look amazing. And they're awful quarterback. Like, oh, yeah, well, they're shutting down JT Barrett. Well, maybe that's not the accomplishment we thought it was. (laughs) I love that. I still think Denzel Ward's going to be really good. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think his we've talked about his ability to break underneath. Right, and he's feisty, he's tough, he's a little undersized. So he might get hit with that. You know, you said Vernon Hargraves. It might be Jason Verrett. Like, he is just yes. a small, tough dude. The others, though, like Arnett and Sheffield have I'm not looked good. The safety play hasn't been good. And, you know, we saw Baker Mayfield carve them up, really. Yeah. With with his ability to move outside the pocket, reset, and throw. And a dude who never drops his eyes. Never. And I, I know there's a lot of hype about Baker Mayfield right now. Some people are saying Russell Wilson. Some people are saying... You know, Johnny Manziel. Manziel is a popular one. I, I compared him to Colt McCoy, yep. which I don't, everyone took that as a negative. I don't think that's a negative. Colt's been in the NFL for like 10 years. And he had a couple good games. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a guy that like can win you games as a spot starter. Right. I, mean, I get the vibe that like Baker's going to be the same way where the hope for him might, oh, and this might be too early to say this, but whatever, the hope for him might always be greater than what he what he can be. I think he has, he's in that weird mix where he's like a really good number two and on bad teams, he's going to have to start games, and he'll always flash. But yeah. I don't think he's ever going to find his way into the Rosen, Darnold, Jackson, Allen conversation. Right. To be year. that size, you Russell Wilson has a world class arm. He has one of the best arms in the NFL, so he can overcome his his size a little bit. Yep. Drew Brees, his touch and timing are unreal, and they're both brilliant. Yes, two of the smartest. And I don't know. I haven't talked to Baker Mayfield yet. I actually haven't even talked to coaches about him yet. We'll get to that point of the process, but. I don't see him as having that arm strength or that accuracy. It, there's a there is I, I think he's a more controlled Johnny Menzel yeah. on the field and off the field. You know to some extent, yeah. 
You know, he's he likes to go out. He likes to get tackled and that's by okay. cops. And happens. that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. <laughs> no. gonna, I'm not going to put that on his report. But. No, because there. You know, it's just a matter of luck that I haven't been in that situation. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just timing. You know, but Ex- exactly. I. I it, he is going to be an interesting kid to watch it play out. I like him. I have a round four grade on him right now. I think, and that could definitely go. It up. It could definitely go up because he's exciting. If I had a Heisman vote, it's him and Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph. Yeah. They're the top three. Yes. And everyone else, you're just kind of waiting to see if somebody comes out of it. Yeah. And the Rudolph hype train is starting to grow. Really? And it's starting to scare me a little bit. I'm never going to move off my... I did my Mason... There's enough out there. I did my Mason Rudolph grade already. That's how I feel about JT Barrett. Yes. Like, my grade's locked in. Yeah. I, for Well, for and Barrett... It's UDFA. I would say it's, it might not be draftable. For Mason Rudolph, he, he's just that round three to four to five guy where it's like... And I know that's that seems a broad spectrum, but it always depends on the need for quarterback because I had a fifth on Bryce Petty who was starting to feel like a little bit of a similar player as Rudolph. And, that you know, they can always go earlier than that just because of the need for quarterback. I, I just think Mason Rudolph could be a nice long-term number two. Yeah. I don't see high-end starter ability at all, no matter what the production is. He has a lot of help around him. James Washington, I would argue, is the best at tracking the deep ball in the I country. think he has the best receiving core in the country. I, I don't think you're crazy at all. And help at running back. Yeah. So And a good, very good system. In a conference where you could flourish, oh with Jesus! That. So we're yeah. not killing Mason Rudolph. We're just explaining where expectations. Yeah, he's. Be. I, I agree. I think he's a day yes. three quarterback. I don't know if I'm ever going to love his arm. No, and I think average. his decisions are made for him very easily. And it, it is a beautiful scheme. Yeah, a beautiful <laughs> scheme. And this isn't me saying it as a Texas fan. I picked them to win the Big Twelve, so I I would like to see him do well because it makes me look better at the end. But uh, yeah, as a draft prospect. Not not in love with with Mason Rudolph. Uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit. Yesterday was Sunday, and we don't want to step on the toes of of our buddies Sims and Lefko. They cover the NFL. You should definitely you know, subscribe, download, listen to their podcast. We're gonna try to have them both on. Yes, definitely very soon. soon. Uh, so they're they're gonna be your NFL hub. We're gonna be your NFL draft and college football hub. There's gonna be some crossover, but let's talk about Jared Goff because it, he was my number one quarterback uh, in that 2016 draft. Struggled. Didn't have a great rookie year. Then you went 0-7. Yeah. They fired Jeff Seven's Fisher. Great. They completely retool everything. They bring in Sammy Watkins. They bring in Robert Woods. They bring in uh, Cooper Cup, Sean Gerald McVay. Everett. And they hire Sean McVay. Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. And Jared Goff looked like Jared Goff yesterday. And Todd Gurley looked like Todd Gurley. Yeah. It's amazing when you have a real offensive staff in there. You know what? One thing that I, I didn't tweet this yesterday, but I, I kept thinking it all day. It's weird when you when your players believe in your coach. You get a completely different level of effort and just the confidence. And I, I saw Todd Gurley running with confidence again. Yes. Late last year, he just looked demoralized. Like, he was just beaten down. He and, knew he was getting hit past right. the line of scrimmage every Golf time. Golf looked really good. And I know, hey, it could be just, it could be the Colts. Yeah. It I, might be. I would say without Andrew Luck, the Colts might be worse than the Jets. You're not crazy. I mean, we don't. Luck should come back at some point and win some games, so that will all, that won't matter. But if you're him and you watch that game yesterday, you might not want to. The, yeah, the Colts are bad enough where they could be picking in the top, and this could actually be a good thing for the long term. And Chris Ballard, they could be picking in the top five or ten, trade out for a haul for one of the treading water teams yeah. that need a quarterback, and it'll work out. But back to Goff. The Colts are bad, but it doesn't matter when you're doing everything so right, whether it's placement, right. I moving think it was in the 21 pocket. 21-29 for 300-plus. And some impressive throws. Yeah. Cooper Cup might already have the best hands On that post route where he hit Cup, yeah. th- that was like— that, that was probably his best throw. Yes. 
And you can, we've talked about it, the chemistry that those two have is special already. Yep. But Sammy Watkins looked good underneath. I think Sammy led the team in catches. I think he had seven yesterday. So you can see, yes, it might be the Colts. We'll get a better feel for who the Rams are next week. But you have to be encouraged with the development of Jared Goff, where he is year two. Yeah, and I, I just applaud a coach that worked with the GM to get pieces that were considered reaches at the time that don't look like reaches because they're seamless fits into his offense. They really Gerald are. Everett Gerald Everett caught a deep great. ball yesterday, and Gerald Everett might be your Jordan Reed of the future. Rookie tight ends, very limited you know, production. Yeah. And they but, had two good ones. Tyler Higby was a good player yeah. who fell in the draft because uh, he got in a fight. A, you know what a couple weeks before the draft yeah they have they have the right pieces for this offense I, I like McVay's sideline energy but don't let it fool you too he's one of the smartest coaches in football he on really the is. offensive side of the ball did you catch what Chuck Pagano said they asked him the after the game quote. and he said we got our ass kicked by the 49ers <sighs> it's I Chuck feel, Pagano is he's dead man walking yeah he's, I feel he's bad going to be fired I feel bad but um it's I think he's gonna yeah he's gonna be let go and Ballard is gonna completely you know make over that the only guy safe there really seems to be like Luck in their recent draft class and I would think it's so gonna too. be a, a you know a complete makeover in Indy um you know keeping it moving obviously is the Allen Robinson ACL tear official it I, is yeah it is official in a he's contract year. year just for a guy that hasn't caught any luck in about six years playing with Hackenberg and uh, Blake Bortles it's it's just a shame I think he'll still get paid. Um, after this year, to a team that needs wide receiver, yeah. But Here's, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, and I, the reason I put this on the rundown was I wanted to ask you. I saw someone suggest, and I wish I could remember who, because I would give them credit. If you are, if you're the Jets, would you trade for Allen Robinson right now? What am I giving up? Uh, like like a four, yeah. With the he won't play for you this year, but with the idea that you might be able to franchise him or re-sign him. Yeah, this year doesn't matter for the Jets. So or the Bills or the Bills know, because right. it doesn't it doesn't matter what they do on the field this year. It's all about twenty, you know, eighteen, nineteen. Robinson's young, he's talented. The Jets need a number one wide receiver. Quincy Noonan, Robbie Anderson, yeah. maybe Curse hangs around. Our Darius Stewart, those guys are all fine players. Number twos, number threes. They need a number one, and I feel like they can outbid anyone on the market if they truly want him, so they don't have to give up the pick. But at the end of the day, when you have the control, to, yeah, it's an interesting debate. Yeah, it's and I think Jacksonville will probably franchise him. Interesting. That, that was something. Um, He'd be the guy if you had to pick someone. Right. Jarvis Landry's going to be a free agent, too. So your Jets Alshon might have Jeffrey, some options. Yeah. Terrell Pryor. This is a great wide receiver. It really could be. Yeah, if everyone up. plays up to expectations. Yep. Uh, something you wanted to do was some quickie NFL draft yes. team needs. Just like... Maybe some overreactions to week one. Yeah, let's let's overreact. Um, are the Giants taking a quarterback next year in they, the first they round? They should. They should. If one falls. And that's the thing we might run into is one might not fall. I really thought that they should have this past year, but then all the trades happened. Yeah. But, God, if they don't take a quarterback, they better take a left tackle. Maybe they could trade up with the Colts. Maybe. God, Eric Flowers is so bad. We've seen desperate GMs give away the future to save their jobs for a quarterback. We yeah. saw it with Rick Smith this year with Watson. I mean, yep. it, listen, it happens. And I wouldn't be shocked if Jerry Reese is like, you know what? It, the wheels fell off on the Eli Manning Express way earlier than anyone expected. I mean, I shouldn't say that because a, yeah. a lot of people saw it coming except the Giants. This is my problem. People complain about the offensive line, which that's another team needs thing. 
when they do pass protect, he's not making the throws. No, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, it was without Odell, without Odell. You still have players on that team. Brandon Marshall, Shepard, was Brandon Marshall, Evan Ingram. Like, there's talent out there. Um, you know, we know about the teams who are going to be taking a quarterback. Um, I look at a team like Seattle, and they should go offensive line, but probably won't. But it was embarrassing yesterday. It is. And Mike Daniels is a very good player. Mike Daniels looked like Reggie White. Yes. I and mean, he was destroying everyone. So Seattle, you would think, maybe, hopefully, another team that needs to go quarterback, Arizona. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of people think that we're going to see retirements anyway from Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, and Bruce Arians. Whoever's left after that mess, they have to completely rebuild because they they have invested in the offensive line. It hasn't helped. You know, and I, DJ Humphreys got hurt yesterday, but the money they've spent there hasn't paid off. Carson Palmer looked bad yesterday. And let me, Blaine Gabbert's not the answer. No, not at all. He's a good backup, but he's not the answer. Arizona and New York have become those teams that people weren't thinking quarterback yet because of household names like Eli and Carson yeah, Palmer. but it's time. They're right in the mix. There's going to be so many teams that this is the year. This might be the year to be really bad when you look at the Jets, the Bills. I thought the Jaguars were going to be in that mix. I'm too. probably wrong. Uh, no, I know it's just one game, but they're going to roll into six wins and be like, okay, what do we do at quarterback again? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, Madden came out and Mello was like, I'm going to be the Jaguars. And that way I can like rebuild a team. So he simulated the first year, you know, in franchise mode to get to the rebuild. He won the Super Bowl and Blake Bortles was MVP. <laughs> That's and he was like, what do I do now? Unfathomable. And it's kind of start I, over. But in reality, if they win six, seven games, it is going to be hard, especially where you have a GM who made Blake Bortles the number three pick in the draft. So there is going to be a hesitation to move on from him. Jacksonville is a, a, a very interesting team to watch. I'm happy we got to see Miles Jack finally unleashed. He had 14 yep. tackles yesterday. God. We finally got to see Jalen Smith. He started last night for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, what one year after a lot of people out there said this kid's never going to play he looked, again. He looked very solid. For, he did look I mean, solid. I mean, it's not easy to come back on, a, on you know, that quickly and just be Jalen Smith of old. And rem- Yeah, and it, he's probably 85%. Yeah, all I care about is that he's he's looks good. He's moving well. He's reading. He's always been pre-snap. He's one of the smartest, was one of the smartest linebacker prospects yeah. I've ever seen. And I think, yeah, we saw him dropping his own coverage a ton last night. He was, I, I thought, a little hesitant at times against the run, but yes. understandably, I think some of that will go away uh, in due time. Uh, before we take our, our break, let's do our college player to know, and then we'll get to Jeff Schwartz uh, talking about the Joe Moore Award that he's a part of and definitely going to talk a lot about his his Twitter fight. So Yeah, I want to hear about his thoughts on this Giants O-line, too. Okay. There's a lot to talk about with there, Jeff. There definitely is. But college player to know, I'm going to steal a thunder and start this do week. Do it, man. Do it. Um... Ronald Jones on USC, one of the two him. great running backs I there. Him. I mean, shot out of a cannon. We saw Ronald Jones have a very good year as an outside runner last year and, you know, hit some big plays. This year, he's a complete back to me. He's a little light. He's listed around 195. He'll get up to 205, 210 for the combine. Yeah. He could he could put on that kind of weight. But he's explosive. He runs pissed off. Uh, he glides. I mean, I'm really excited. We talk so much about Geis and Barkley. And Royce, you know, Royce Freeman looks good. Nick Chubb, it, the list goes on with running backs. I'm really excited about Ronald Jones. He's I, I know I don't want to like toot my own horn. He's my number three running back and has been all I love, summer. I love that because he does. He glides. I had compared him to Jamal Charles. I know it's like a 25 and dreads, but it's just that it is that way that he just kind of floats down the field. But he's I think he runs with more power and he finishes better than Jamal Charles. So. He is very exciting. I, I think he has a, 
a chance to be a first round running back. Like would not be surprised at all. Yeah. And it, this seems like a year where we are going to have a high number of round one grades just because of the three quarterbacks, yeah. three running backs, a couple wide receivers. So Quentin Nelson guaranteed. Quentin Nelson, yeah. <laughs> Mike McGlinchey, yeah. Yeah. Billy Boot, Price. Like yeah. there's going to be, it's going to be a high number of first rounders this year. So my guy is Harold Landry, the defensive end from BC. And I retweeted a clip this weekend where he bends the corner coming off the right edge of the offense. It looked unnatural. How low he got, he, he looked like he was running like under a trampoline or, you know how like yeah. motorcycles and they go around the corner when they race? Yeah, it's like, like limbo, that bend. the forward limbo with yeah. this guy. He, I mean, he could have scraped the ground with his shoulder. And you don't, there aren't very many guys you can do that. Like Von Miller does it, Cameron Wake does it. But yeah. when you can do that at full speed, it's rare. And that's what he did. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, when you can show the agility and the flexibility to do that, it's special. So I, I've said before, he's my top-ranked senior in the whole country. I think he'll be a top-ten pick. Yeah, you talked a lot about him over the summer. He looks like he belongs in the NFL right now. He probably could have declared last year, but we're seeing him put probably on a show. Have, yeah. I think it was when we were sitting in the bleachers at, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl last year, Bowen had told us, you can eat watching pass rushers. You can either do that or you can't when it comes to bending right. and turning the corner. There's no, like, you can work on so many things, whether it's hand usage, you know, your get-off off the snap. When you can plant your foot and turn that way, it's really just you could either do it or you can't. And when you can, as we saw with Von Miller and a lot of good pass rushers, mm-hmm. it shoots up your stock. And it does. It Landry is a guy that, you know, it was so much positivity and hype this summer, but he's somehow still going up the boards. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if it's him or Arden Key from LSU, yes, who we another still guy seen that yet, can turn the corner, but, but he can turn yeah. the corner. That less, like you said, from Matt Bowen. Uh, who's the ESPN now used to be at BR, is just a great lesson for scouting in general, though. Yes. Because when you can see a guy, whether it's a quarterback who can throw a deep out on a line or a receiver who can separate like Julio Jones. It's fast or you're not fast. Yeah, it's, it is. it is. It makes the job easy when it's a guy like that. And I, I had someone tell me once, with, with good players, they're the guys we don't argue about. You just know they're good. Say, like, oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette, he's good. Yeah, some evaluations are not meant to be difficult. And Harold Landry is not difficult. It's, it's not a like, difficult okay. one. It's very, Let him play. Let him play very off the simple. Edge. Yeah. It's very simple. Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to bring Jeff Schwartz on. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about life after the NFL, what he misses about the game. I know he's going to want to gloat about his brother, uh, the right tackle for the Chiefs, and their win over Rightfully the Patriots. So, uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun interview. And then after that, we'll bring Kennedy on, close out the show, some draft on draft. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 23 of the Six Football Podcast. And have to be joined by one of my longtime friends in the NFL world, Jeff Schwartz, uh, former Kansas City Chief, former Carolina Panther, Minnesota Viking, New York Jet. New York Giants. Duck, New York Giant, on, not man. Jet. My Big bad. Big contract. Yeah. So Very how's weird. it going, man? Oh, I'm glad football was back. You know, it was a weird day yesterday. It was really kind of a letdown. It wasn't much happening. Yeah, the games kind of sucked. You know, there, yeah. there weren't very many close games. And, like, the Browns-Steelers was the close game. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> There's now. a lot of bad football teams this year. There's a lot of bad football yeah, teams. that's for sure. So, I, I know you're doing a lot right now, man. Life after the NFL. Correct. Like, you're not just, like, kicked back pretending to sell real estate. Like, you're out there working. So, what what all do you have going on now? Oh, I do a lot. Um, so, I made a list one day. It's quite, it's quite fascinating. Um, I write for SB Nation. I do three or four articles a week. It's three right now. It might move to four. Um, I just like to work. I don't know. I, I, I got to keep busy. I do videos for them now. We do a video every other week. Um, it's an X and O series. 
a lot of fun. Um, I do radio and TV in Charlotte uh, every now and then. It's not an every night thing. Um, I do one piece a week for the Athletic um, in Philly. Um, that's a, you know the new the new website, which I think is a pretty cool concept. No ads, um, no videos, just straight news like it kind of used to be. Um, and I break down the Eagles once a week for that. Um, I have my podcast. I also do. A Saturday night show for Sirius XM NFL Radio from 7 to 11 p.m. Um, I fill in as well for them. Uh, I do ESPN Radio. I'm on Fox Sports Radio every now and then. And um, I'm actually doing something for NFL Network this weekend. So uh, I, stay, I stay pretty busy. You oh, work, I, call, I, call, I call college games for John work, C. Smith in Charlotte. You work more than I do. Uh, yeah, but you see, if I had one job, I would <laughs> gladly take one job. Right. I, just, I only have, I have multiple jobs because you have to work your way up just like NFL career. You have to, you got to work your way up. Well, I think it's fascinating. And I, I'm like, I appreciate that you're honest because I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of fans think that a dude makes the NFL and he makes all this money and then he retires and just like goes on vacation for the rest of his life. But <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, look, I, I could probably, if I wanted to stretch out the money I've made for a long time, um, and you know, that would be, that would probably work for a little bit. Um, but I want to make more and I want to keep working. Um, I like talking about the game. I think I'm good at talking about the game, which is important as well. I mean, the way this business works, you better, you have to have some personality, of course, but you better be right about what you're talking about. Um, and I just, I can't sit at home all day and do nothing. I mean, even this morning, I had nothing to do this morning and I put out a video about wide receivers blocking on, on run plays. Like I found the program to record off my computer. I recorded an audio file at the same time. I put it together like, boom, I just, I can't help myself. Well, I'm glad we got you on early because one game I really wanted to ask you about was Sunday night football, a team you played for very recently. Do you think, I was really high on the Giants coming to this year, I still am, but do you think this is a team that can truly challenge for that division with their, not only offensive line problems, but the regression of Eli Manning right now? I don't know. I mean, Eagles looked good yesterday. The Eagles are one of the teams that we expected to be better and actually showed it, right? Played really good on defense. Carson Wentz can can do a lot of things in the pocket, and the wide receivers caught the ball well, and Dallas looked good. I mean, Zeke to have... 100 yards against that that defensive line is impressive and the you know the Giants wore out I mean their defense on the field for so long you know the, the Giants offense line is an issue um I've been saying it all along I've been trying to be nice about it because I played there recently and I played with all five of those guys so I feel like throwing them under the bus um all the time is not appropriate um but it's getting to the point now where everything I've kind of said about the Giants offensive line is coming true I mean they're the same guys they've always been um, some guys are getting worse. Some guys have stayed the same. And when you have a, a quarterback like Eli, who, if you, if you pressure him at all, and this is like a lot of quarterbacks, I mean, Tom Brady's the same way. If you pressure them at all, they don't look as good. And, and Eli's getting a lot of pressure in his face. It's okay to say Eric Flowers isn't any good. You can say it. Oh, he, he, oh no, he's no good. I've tweeted about that. I mean, there's <laughs> other guys that, that have gone worse that, um, that I like, I mean, and, and I, you know, prefer not to talk about them. I mean, it's tough at times when, you you have to talk about offensive line play with offensive lines where you have friends like the like you know the Texans is one of them. Um, yeah. They played terrible yesterday, and I've got a good buddy who plays on the offensive line there, so it's tough to do that at times. Yeah, it's going to be tough because the Giants obviously got the Eagles twice. Their front is really impressive, and they got the Broncos, the Chargers, the Seahawks. I mean, the Chiefs. The list goes on. The matchups are a little scary for them right now going into this year. 
Yeah, I thought they were an eight-win team, eight or nine-win team. Um, I never, I didn't think any more than that, um, just because of their schedule. You know, the AFC West. There's a bunch of pass rushers. You know, they have to play the Rams as well. Um, you know, the 49ers defensive line is really good. That team might not be any good, um, but the D line is good, and you know, these are going to be problems for the Giants. So we've we've talked about you know you were an NFL offensive lineman. We've broken down some offensive line play, but. Apparently, you got in a little Twitter fight last somebody, week. Somebody blocked you. For- <laughs> somebody blocked you for a change. For- yes. I-, I know a lot of people don't care about media fights, but this one was really good because the back and forth was at a high level. So what's the well, deal, man? Is it a Twitter fight if it's one-sided, if it's so one-sided? <laughs> I don't know. It might be like a Twitter beatdown. What do you want to call Look, it? Here's, here's, here's the deal. Look, I, I think that... Um, Obviously, I play in the NFL, and I know a lot about the game, but I don't know everything about the game. And if you, and I think I'm very respectful. There's a lot of people, you know, I obviously value your opinion, Matt. I, you know, Bill Barnwell, a lot of guys at the Ringer. I mean, a lot of guys that I read um, and respect that haven't played football. And when I criticize somebody for something, it's not because I don't like them. I'm just trying to correct correct them, right? And uh, what's I can't even pronounce the dude's name. Um, Kean Fahey. Kean, Kean, yeah, and Kean, you give him any sort of pushback on his stuff, and he blocks you, he mutes you, he can't handle it. I mean, the, the stories that came out about about him blocking people after I kind of tweeted it out were astounding. You know, if he put out something like, you know, I don't like Sam Bradford, and you said why, he blocked you. I mean, yep. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And look, analytics are a big part of this game now, and I'm learning to to use them and the way I evaluate players and film and the way I write. Um, but even the guys at PFF, like I have conversations with them all the time about the way they grade things. And we might disagree at times, but we are very cordial. I know Neil, Sam Munson, and I talk all the time, like we're totally cool. Um, and I disagree with them all the time about the way they do things. And I appreciate that, that we can talk and have this discourse. And obviously when you're very analytics based um, in your work, you think that is the Bible, right? You think that my the way I compute things, the way I grade things is the way it should be. And it leaves, you know, in, in your mind, you think you can't be wrong. And that's where I have a problem. So, you know, all I did was I had muted, I muted uh, um, Kean, Keegan, whatever his name is. I muted him um, and I saw him in a fight with someone else. And I, and I replied back to the other person without him in it and said, he's a tool. And then he came and then, and then he came at me and said, I'm so, um, he said, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised you couldn't block me following your career. I gave you a courtesy follow. Um, I gave you a courtesy follow. Goodbye. So then I, I body bagged him in my next tweet and he followed <laughs> with something about like, if you're subtweeting me, you can't tell me to my face. And then I just said, then I you know tweeted, quote, tweet, quote, uh, tweeted him and said, you're a tool right to his face. And he blocked me. The, my favorite part of the whole thing was the people afterwards, like I got a bunch of private messages from other media members um, and text messages from other media members kind of thanking me for what I did. And also, um, just, I tweet out, like, tell me your story about why he blocked you. And it was astounding. I mean, it was some, it was something as simple as replying to a thread that he was in that he didn't like, um, you know, re- replying to something to say, like, why, you know, one guy asked him what's an interceptable pass because that's his stat or interceptable passes, he which is, you know, one. which it could be the same as, as unblockable guys. I mean, like I, that's such a, that's such a weird thing to, to do. And it's only, but only he can say that he did it, right? I mean, so if, if I wanted to do that, it, it's so subjective, right? I mean, interceptable passes, like what's an interceptable pass? So um, things like that. And and then 
you know, I just he just seems condescending online. You know, we got in this conversation a couple weeks ago about Colin Kaepernick and Jay Cutler, and he made the comment that it's easy for a quarterback to learn a new system in two or three weeks, which is not true at all. Um, things like that, where where you, you you stick in your lane of covering of covering quarterbacks, and let me talk about how long it takes to study a playbook because you don't know you, you don't know that, and I don't know the analytics. So we kind of let, let's stay in our own lanes here. Well said. Very I, well said. I mean, I love it. You yeah, can't I, argue against that. Like, I, I've, you know, you know me. You both know me. I can be abrasive. I've had my my moments on Twitter with other media members, but like you said, I now that I'm a little older and you know I'm not fighting for position in the world, I don't think I'm as much of a dick. I hope not. Well, I mean, but look, at, <laughs> look, I get we're all sensitive, right? So yeah, to our I work, say, we if, are. If, yeah, but like, but like, if I because it's, we take pride in our work, so if you know, if you if someone's going to tweet you about a, a draft guy that you had high who was a bust, I mean, yeah, you can be a little sensitive about it, but but you know, so can I about offensive line players, um, but you know, for him to take a personal shot in my career like that when he's sitting at home in Ireland, um, you know, watching NFL Game Pass and writing a, a book about quarterback play and making up his own stats, I mean, come on, get out of here. <laughs> Jeff, before we let you go, we know you're involved with the Joe Moore Award, and we want you to talk about that quite a bit. Yes. So, yeah, what are you doing right now with uh, with the Joe Moore Award? Yeah, so it's my first year on the on the on the panel. I'm really excited for this. So, it's an offensive line uh, group award in college football. It's really taken off. It's our third year now. Um, the first year, Alabama won last year. Iowa won, and it really. I'm going to get the criteria here. Um, it's uh, the toughest, most physical. Um, offensive line in college football. We watch film every week, um, and it's a lot of fun just to see you know the, the units, um, see how they play together, um, and really just a group of of guys who vote on this award. Um, we get to talk offensive line play every week, and for me, it's really helpful as far as um, learning more about the college game because I do a lot of of pro stuff, and um, so if you guys have college offensive lines that you like you can tweet at joe moore award you can tweet at me at aaron taylor cfb um, cole kublik duke manny weather we're all on it together my goal jr um and it's uh it's a lot of fun the best part is is the is a lot of college offensive lines have really bought in and they're trying to w- to win this trophy because um it's a big deal i mean we we watch all the films so we see what what teams put out there um and it's uh it's been a good time so far so i'm, I'm really honored to be part of this group yeah, and you can follow that at Joe Moore Award. Um, I actually just – I thought I was following it already. I just did because I never played offensive line, so as much help as I can get learning about how to play offensive line is good for me. Uh, before we do let you go, one more thing. We run every guest through the gauntlet. We ask five questions every week. So we didn't prepare you for this. So it's kind of first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Question number one, what's your favorite beer? Oh, geez. I've had a beer in like 10 years. Okay, probably, what's probably, your favorite like, cocktail then? I forgot. You're like not a, a beer I mean, drinker. Blue, Blue Moon. I, I, I like Blue Moons. Um, oh, it's been years. How about, okay, how about cigars? I like, I like, that works. I like, I like, I like, okay, so I like an acid cigar. They're called Cuba Cubas. They're really good. And I just got a box of cigars from the Dominican when I was there in March. I'm slowly working my way through those, like hand rolled, real cigars. They're amazing. Number two, what's the meanest tweet you've ever been sent? And you can't use the Keenan <laughs> Fahey one. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people just cussing at me and the injury thing, a lot of Giants fans with injury stuff. Ugh. I mean, I haven't, I've been pretty fortunate to not have anything directed really much of my family. Um, I've had a little bit of anti-Semitic tweets pop up every now and then. Uh, those are probably the ones that I, that I dislike the most. Anything anti-Semitic, um, you know, not really, 
I don't really remember the the body of them very much, but I just have gotten them from time to time. Being an NFL player, I can't imagine. I think my mentions are bad, but I, you guys, I don't know how you do it. Uh, <laughs> what's the one game that none of your friends can beat you at? So like Madden or FIFA or even something like playing pool or cornholes, horseshoes, whatever. Um, putt-putt golf. Nice. Oh. You are an enormous man to play putt-putt golf. I'm trying to picture. You got to bring your own putter? You're like 6'8". Putt, putt-putt golf and... And I'm 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 accomplished horse player. Interesting. Would not have. Seen I can shoot my I can shoot with my left a little bit too. That throws oh, people off. We got to get you in the office uh, on the basketball court then, and we'll do a little horse. Oh, you'd be shot. You'd be very. You'd be very surprised. I played. I played yesterday. I made the first. I made my first five threes. I shot at the game yesterday. Right, people we're, were just stunned. And we're gonna make that happen. Number four on a deserted island. Who's your dream person to be stranded with? One caveat. Yeah. You can't say wife, girlfriend, kids, any okay. family. Well, I mean, it has to be a good-looking woman, right? I mean, I don't know. We've had you... uh, people say, like, what, Bear Gorillas? Saying... Yeah, someone said Bear yeah. Gorillas. Someone said us. So, um, yes, that was the nicest one. <laughs> would, would, it, would, it, would, it be for the, would it be for the brand that I'm stuck with, Duke, and we just talk offensive line play for the rest of our lives? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Island? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be very on-brand. Um, no, it'd have to be a good-looking woman. I mean, I and at that point, does it matter really if it's a 5 or a 10? I mean, so... I'd probably say a woman, but but for my brand, I'll say Duke. We'll just talk offensive line play for the rest there of our lives. That's a good point. If you're on a deserted, deserted island, a, a five becomes a ten real fast. Yes. yes. Availability is the best ability. That's what I always say. <laughs> All right, question number five. Most important question we ask every week. If you're eating a hot dog, do you put ketchup or mustard on it? I thought you were going to ask if a hot dog was a sandwich. No, who cares? It is not, it is not a sandwich. Um <laughs> Ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Thank. You. That's that two in a, a row. That was a setup, though. Two in a row. <laughs> Look at that. Well, what was that a setup? Matt definitely had that one. Had it pre-planned. I all did. of a sudden, we're getting all these mustard. It's answers. weird. Yeah. We went ten weeks with everyone saying ketchup, and I was like, no more. Well, Enough. I don't eat. See, I don't. I I went with because I normally eat more of like an Italian sausage or a bratwurst um, yeah, than a hot dog, and you always no, you, no. You put you put the spicy brown on it, so. That's actually um, really good. Yeah, that does sound yeah, really so good I, right now. I've had breakfast. It, so that sounds great. It, it, it says, "Yeah, go find yourself a, a hot dog on the, on the side of the road." I'm not um, doing that. Yeah, I said I know the, there's a hot dog stand right outside this building, but I'm not doing that. Do you know why the hot dogs are so good in New York? It's because the water. You know, w- w- <laughs> the joke is always that it's always that you know the water. The the guys pee in the water because they, where they where they pee all day. Oh, that's disgusting, God. man! <laughs> they stand out there all day. Where do they go to the bathroom? In the hot dog water. If you taste so good in New York, smelled New York in the summer. They probably just piss I, on the street. I've been here all twenty five years of my life and never had a hot dog from the sidewalk. That's probably why you're alive. Okay, so my my favorite thing to do when I go to New York is eat the street meat. Oh, street oh. meats! Street meats great. Like the little like Middle Eastern food. Halal stands. Yeah, halal stands. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes. I've had hot dogs, I've had chicken, I've had it all, and my stomach has still survived. Iron stomach. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, good talking no to problem. you, buddy. Hey, try and get thank blocked, okay? Be nice to people yes, on Twitter. I will. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Kennedy with us. We'll do some draft on draft. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the end of Stick to Football 23. You made it all the way to the end. We're, we're going to have just a couple draft-on-draft questions this week, uh, and then I'll go on Twitter, Connor will go on Twitter. We'll answer a lot of your questions yep. there, your iTunes questions. We'll get to that. But, Kennedy, we've got some good questions this week. I don't know how you narrowed these down. I know, right? I have absolutely no idea how I narrowed these down either. All right, Kenny, what do you got for us? Okay, so 
Is Barkley a top 10 lock? And if he is, what does he have to do to be a top five lock? He can't do anything to be a top five lock. Yeah, I agree. The quarterbacks have to be really bad. And right now, they that might be impossible. But he might be he might be good enough to go fifth overall. Yeah, he might be. I think it all comes down to draft order at that point. You know, it could be like last year with Fournette or the year before with Zeke. Like, you just need a team in the top five that that has a quarterback they believe in and they're willing to take a running back that early. But I, I do think he's a lock to be a top 10 player for me. Okay, what are your thoughts on Kaiser's debut? So, I'll, just full disclosure, I was watching six games yep. uh, because of my work on the NFL desk for Bleacher Report, and so I didn't watch every throw Kaiser made, but he looked promising in the, the throws that I did see him make. You know, he was pressured all day. I, I thought Pittsburgh did a great job of getting in his face. You know, their secondary still kind of coming together. The, the thing was, I still think that he holds onto the ball too That's long exactly sometimes. Right. Like, he's just not decisive enough. And some of that you hope will improve as he knows the offense better, as he sees more defenses and becomes accustomed to it. But that would be my biggest complaint right now, but he didn't look overwhelmed. He's just a little slow with the ball still. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's a good offensive line now. It's an upgraded unit. And Kaiser's arm talent and rushing ability is on full display. So you have to like what you have there, but he looks like a 21-year-old kid playing quarterback because he's just not seeing everything before the snap. And they said, well, they gave up seven sacks. Guess what? Probably five or six were were completely on him. Yeah, but he'll grow. He'll be okay. I mean... He's going to have a chance to show what he could do this year and stop the Browns from taking a quarterback number one overall. And I think it was a so-so debut, and they'll be okay with that. He's going to have plenty more opportunity. And lastly, since we don't really have a lot of time, besides quarterback, what position group excites you in the 2018 draft? And which group looks the weakest? Oh, man. Weakest? I don't know about weakest. Maybe corner, just because I haven't seen anyone really step up yet. For me, the strongest outside of quarterback, I, I think it's safety because we have Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, Ronnie Harrison, Marcus Allen. Like, there's there's some really, really talented safeties in this group. And I, I we might not see any of them go top five. You know, we've talked before about that position isn't super valued. But I, I'm very stoked about the safety class. Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to exactly nail down a really weak spot. I, I think, once again, all ta- offensive tackles better than it was last year, but I'm still waiting for a premier guy to break out. I thought McGlinchey finally had a really tough weekend, and we hadn't seen that at him, but there's a lot of time left for that. When you look at the strongest group, once again, the running back class just seems loaded, and that always changes what guys declare or don't declare, but you go down the list, and Barkley has a chance to go top 10. Geis has a chance to go top 10. You know, you're going to have guys that we, like we talked about with Ronald Jones, yeah. Royce Freeman, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Kalen Balaj. It just goes on and on and on. And it's, it's just such a deep group where you could find starting talent, as we saw Kareem Hunt, in the third and round and beyond now. It's it's that good. It, yeah, that's a good one. And last year's running back class was good. The year before that was good. So I, I think we're just we're starting to see some really good running backs come out of college football right now. All right. Uh, like I said, short draft on draft this week. So thanks to Kennedy for, for firing off some questions. And uh, we'll, we'll do more of those next week. Things are going to settle down next week. Uh, next week, we'll have a review from that Clemson-Louisville game. You know, Mello and I will do a, a recap like we did week one. You'll get some audio. It's a, a night game. Game day's there. It's going to be a, a great atmosphere to watch some college football. Uh, you know, we'll have some week two NFL to talk about. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, we can kind of see where they're at. Uh, we'll finally get to see Tampa play. We'll get to see Miami play. So a lot to talk about next week. And we'll we'll dive deeper into those draft-on-draft questions. So definitely keep sending those at Six Football. You can leave them in your iTunes review. 
Uh, as you guys know, we get to those questions quite a bit. Yeah, that's the easiest way for us to see them. But, you know, keep tweeting at the account. It's going to be really exciting to hear about your trip when you watch Lamar Jackson live against that Clemson front. I can't wait for next week's show. Yeah, next week's shows it, it will be fun. Uh, and there's there's a lot to talk about. USC, Texas. Uh, I know Texas has been disappointing, but that's going to be a good test for Sam Darnold just because it is a, an athletic, fast secondary and linebacking core. So it is. It's Next week's a good one. It's a good weekend to camp out and watch football all weekend. Um, I think that does it for the show, man. It was that a good show this week. It's good to be reunited again. Yeah. And it, it, won't so be, uh, it won't be as big of a break in between next time. Matt, we'll be back at the end of September. We'll continue having these shows rolling for you week after week with great guests. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week.